This podcast will discuss controversial subjects and what some may think is a derogatory way. We fully respect everyone's freedom of religion and our freedom of speech. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Remedial Sunday School, where we provide our friend Jen with the Sunday school she missed while growing up secular. And I contribute with the colorful commentary. I'm Tanya, a slightly traumatized former Catholic. I'm Claire, born in the Bible Belt and now living in the Midwest. And I'm Jen. I grew up a godless heathen in a happy secular household. I'm looking forward to being traumatized by the same stories that Tanya and Claire were. Solidarity. So you guys, why don't we explain the hows and whys of why we decided to make this podcast? I study medieval art and religion, an occupation in part motivated by never getting the answers I wanted about how women practice Christianity. I saw the Veggie Tales Jonah movie in theaters and may have participated in biblical skits in the backyard with my homeschool friends in kindergarten. I'm also a scholar of medieval art and religion who has been known to drop some innocuous Christian facts in my day-to-day life. And I'm a scholar of pre-modern and early modern Japanese literature and visual culture. I'd like to assure you all that technically I'm a certified smart person, but Japanese studies has not really helped me understand very much about the Bible and other religious things. Thus, I have had my mind blown by some pretty basic knowledge about Jesus stuff that uh, Tanya and Claire have just dropped in everyday conversation. Basically, Claire and I, with a group of circulating guests and friends, will provide Jen with the religious education she missed through the lens of our grown-up scholarly experience. Yes, this shall be the most professional, rigorously academic of all podcasts. As always, sources, interesting images, reading recommendations, and whatever else we think might be hilarious will be posted along with the episode. Have you been missing that awkward passing of the offering plate in church? Have you never felt the awkward sensation of donating your pocket money to the offering plate at church? Or the awkward sensation of dropping your quarters and hearing them roll down the floor of the sanctuary? Have we got a digital solution for you? You can help support the Remedial Sunday School podcast through our Patreon, which has a variety of different tiers, including the summer school option where you help offset our SoundCloud hosting costs and buy snack food for the people we rope into helping us edit this, as well as more involved tiers of support where we'll send you random knickknacks, stickers, etc. Who knows? All the details are on our website. Or if you feel led to help caffeinate your remedial Sunday school teachers, we would love you forever. And you can buy us a coffee at the link to buy us a coffee on our website. As always, thank you. You'll be in our hearts. All right, welcome back to Remedial Sunday School. Today, if I don't choke on my cat's tail, (laughs) um, we are, the episode we are covering, if you read the episode uh, title, but if you're lazy, and just didn't today it's now i'm the whore of babylon we which is something people have heard me utter multiple <laughs> multiple multiple times 
So I'm looking forward to getting context to this. <laughs> I will. It's actually not related to Revelations, which we're talking about today, but uh, well, it's kind of related to Revelations, but we're going to read some really violent revelations that John of Patmos had. So I guess we'll, I guess we'll start really quick with uh, why I say that. Okay. Because the whore of Babylon is mentioned in Revelation. Hmm. Or we could call it by the other name, the Apocalypse. Ooh, Ooh yes, the Apocalypse. <laughs> yes, uh, I think uh, a friend of mine um, who I will not name would prefer to call it the Apocalypse since she works on apocalypse manuscripts <laughs> um also if you ever in, if you're ever in venice at the academia uh there's some great amazing apocalyptic panel paintings and altarpieces highly recommend i will link and i will actually link one to jen soon because it is fabulous and she can describe it i think we might also need to do a bonus episode where following this, either watch and respond to or do some like group reading of the Left Behind novels or the movies they made from them because they connect somewhat to Revelation slash the apocalypse hmm. and are also like a major source of trauma for many, at least for the evangelical set. Like, okay, let me tell you real quick. Oh, tangent number one, here we go. <laughs> yes, tangent number one. There are so many like, different things that are like based off the apocalypse and supernatural no first like, like all woven in to the entire series and it's i had some serious worries as a child that the world was gonna end especially when we went to the movies i don't know what it is about the hmm. environment in the movie theater but i was very worried that like uh, jesus was gonna no i was worried that jesus was gonna come back in the middle of the movie and you really kill the vibe you're gonna be in a movie theater your anxiety is fascinating i feel like you need to make a list of all of the anxieties that you have i would i do think that jesus coming and disrupting the middle of your movie as a child should be like in the top five at least i feel like asking a person with a ton of anxiety to list all their anxieties is just gonna get like an infinite list of like it'll never be done (laughs) maybe i should leave that to like me and my therapist. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably. This is the official remedial Sunday school plug to go to therapy. We think it's highly helpful. Yeah. So the apocalypse is a fantastic fever dream of this man named John of Revelations. He just called himself John. Also, in medieval circles, we will call him John of Patmos because he is attributed to have been exiled on the Greek island of Patmos during his life. And one thing that before we started recording that Claire and I mentioned, or Claire mentioned, and I clarified to Jen as well, is that so we have John the one of the uh, now all I can say is evangelical it's not one of evangelists evangelists <laughs> don't be evangelist Claire said the word evangelical like six times already today and now it's just like I'm like he's not the evangelical he's the evangelist yeah so there's John the evangelist he's one of the four four gospel writers there's also I believe there's a 
there's John. So there's also John the Baptist. And there's like, I believe another John who's a disciple of Jesus. At one point in my Catholic school education, I had them, I had all 12 disciples memorized in order, in order. However, that is a skill I have since purged from my brain. But in any case, in the Bible and Christianity in general, there are a million fucking Johns, so many fucking Johns. And even now, there's so many fucking Johns in the world. I personally know six off the top of my head. No, I just re- significantly reduced the Johns in my life and increases. <laughs> I've had a significant increase in, in Tanya's and actually Tasha's. Tasha's have been increased. Oh, you have more than one Tanya in your life? I'm pretty mad. Uh, it's a, it's actually one of Shay's coworkers that uh, we occasionally like talk to and stuff. She doesn't spell it your way, though. She spells it the other way. Uh. <laughs> the apocalypse in itself was probably written sometime during between, well, between 54 AD to 68, which was a really turbulent time in uh, the Roman Empire, because I have a, I have a spoiler. I'll just go ahead and get the spoiler out of the way. Okay. If you're like, oh, who's the Antichrist? We're really not going to talk about him too much. But I will just go, and we we will talk about this in much more detail in a later episode. But for context now, it's really helpful for you to know that the Antichrist was a person based on a person who was alive. And his name was Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus, a.k.a. the fifth Roman emperor. People fucking hated him. That's why he was murdered. Um, so, the, so the thing is that if you, if you think about the Antichrist and think about the context of what's being written, it's actually just like a religious, like veiled religious commentary on contemporary politics and Nero being fucking insane. And also John of Patmos was a little pissy because he was exiled to the island of Patmos. And I encourage both of you to Google where this island is in the Aegean. Can we assume it's not a party island like Santorini or anything else? It's not. And I have a feeling it's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's like really in the middle of fucking nowhere. Ooh, there's a castle. Can we stay in the castle? I don't know. But I mean, it is technically a it is technically a tourist destination because I think a lot of yeah, one of these it's literally says Patmos, the Aegean island of the revelation. So it's probably not as cheap. Mm. Side note, if anyone wants us to co-host a tour, we will gladly go to the greek islands with you if you want to pay us to sh- to to yes give you a, a revelations tour around um an apocalyptic tour of patmos we are very open we will clear our schedules <laughs> and just to get every historical detail we'll go to rome so we can talk about nero too i won't be contributing to any of this knowledge making uh, on this trip i'll just be cracking oh, no, jokes <laughs> yes Yes, our comedic, your comedic relief will be there in the form of Jen. Um, <laughs> and we would gladly, gladly do this <laughs> if someone will pay for it. Give us your money. Give us your money. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, John of Patmos and pretty much biblically 
the story is, is that he was on Patmos in exile, living his best life. Honestly, it doesn't look like it's that bad of a place to be exiled to. It is kind of away from everything else. But he received a series of revelations. For sure wasn't loneliness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll leave that one up to you. The Aegean may have been getting to him. Who knows? Uh, Anyways, so he had a series of revelations. And like I said, very much like really rooted in this biblical commentary. So what I'm going to do is now I give like a little bit of background. And like I said, I don't want to give too, too much because one, we'll talk about it more. And two, we are going to have like an entire episode where we cover the Antichrist. So and we'll also talk about like the Antichrist and pop culture in that episode as well. All right. So we're going to talk about the Horror of Babylon and Babylon. And uh, yeah. Also, spoiler, Babylon isn't Babylon. Uh, Rome? Is it Rome? Ding, ding, ding. We okay. have a winner. <laughs> oh, oh, God. thought that was going to be a trick question for a second. <laughs> Context clues. Yay. Yeah. No, uh, Babylon is uh, Rome. <clears throat> and... I will say that when I start reading some of the stuff, uh, Claire, feel free to jump in with uh, any symbolism that you are noticing in relation to Rome, because honestly, I don't think Jen will get it. Probably so, <laughs> don't really know that much about Rome. Mainly something about like a like a, a wolf. It was not that built, was uh, it was not, some, it was some... not built in a day. <laughs> I will say that. All right. I'm guessing that wolf thing raising the two boys is probably also a non-fact, <laughs> not a fact as well. <laughs> well, it's one of the it's one of the stories of how Rome was made. There's mm-hmm. two major creation myths for the city. Mm-hmm. I know a lot about Rome. Big fan, big fan, that. <laughs> big fan. Love it. Love Rome. Spent a week there by myself alone. It was great. Loved it. Anyways, I would also give a tour of Rome in a heartbeat <laughs> i know some cool places to go so just drop that in there yeah i mean there's not a lot of competition for uh tour guided tours of rome or anything <laughs> at least not from us all right so i'm going to we're going to not start at the beginning of revelation and we're just going to skip to babylon aka rome and the fall of Babylon, aka Rome, and a lot of like really violent stuff. So mm-hmm. trigger warning. And I'm so excited. <laughs> if you don't, if you can't tell, I I'm sure that the so violence exciting. that will be occurring is going to be perfectly in proportion to whatever minor wrongdoings were happening or whatever triggered, you know, the. The, the events that are about to unfold <laughs> yeah totally yeah so starting chapter 17 revelation singular then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me come i will show you the judgment of the great whore who is seated on many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and with the wine of whose fornication the inhabitants of the earth have become drunk. I prefer, you know, do we have to call her a whore? Can't we just call her the great woman of negotiable negotiable affections? <laughs> so also, I will say that when it comes to this whole thing about 
the horror, the great horror, the horror of Babylon. Yeah, like that she's this horrible person, very worldly, isn't following any type of morals or whatever. And uh, I will say that certain in-laws of my life have uh, insinuated, they won't come out and say it to my face because they're scared, but certain people, certain in-laws haven't insinuated that I am the whore of Babylon because Mm. I am a bad, bad, bad woman who is open to horrific uh, informances. (laughs) Can we make up, can we make a bumper sticker that says, I'm horrific, but it's whore dash horrific. Horrific. Okay. I like that. Yes. Uh, Claire, write that down. That'll be a sticker and a bumper sticker. I also think a Now I'm the Whore Babylon is uh, should also be its own sticker, personally. We can have a whore sticker set. <laughs> Get all of your, your biblical hoes here. <laughs> we are pimping the biblical hoes. Hang on. <laughs> I, I have form. to open a Google Doc for this. Um. So is this woman actually engaged in sex work or is she just someone who like just you know is she making money this way well first we should ask is this a real woman I, there's that you know I'm, I'm giving the bible like i'm treating it like a book like a piece of literature now and i'm just like okay who is this character and are we just calling her a whore just like no should we really be calling her a slut if we're going to be demeaning her in a terrible way i just want to know if she's making money <laughs> <laughs> Well, technically, since uh, the Whore of Babylon is supposed to be Rome, the city of Rome, a metaphor Uh for the city of Rome, indeed, Rome is making money. Okay. Okay. So, all right. We have, I'm horrific. And now, now I'm the Whore of Babylon. Did we have any other whore themed stickers? It's not whoring if you're fucking your (laughs) father-in-law. That's a callback to one of our previous episodes. No. Um, don't make you that sticker. Just, like, <laughs> I wrote it down. It's on the list. <laughs> we can reject it later. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't remember any other horrors we've talked about on on the show yet. But good remembering a Sunday school. Thank lesson. you. Thank you. You know, it stood out in my mind, and I'm not sure what that says about me as a person. <laughs> uh or it could be like it's not um maybe something like it's not sex work it's just maybe incest (laughs) and also all this like he did this or he said to me like it's it's being said as if as if you're reading it as your john of patmos okay so it's a good some role playing Yeah, yeah, you've got to put yourself in this, in this, you have to put yourself into this man's shoes. Oh, I should say, I've already given him a nickname. He's John Pissboy Patmos because he's pissy about being exiled. <laughs> <laughs> so we could call him Pissboy if we need to for abbreviation purposes. Also, supposedly, supposedly he was exiled due to anti-Christian persecution. Oh, just like contemporary Christians in America today. I mean, this is from a time when Christianity was still a minority religion, so mm-hmm. what a it's time. a major True. difference. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. <laughs> yep, hasn't been true. Yep, 
and actually during this time, it's like not too long after this time that they, that Constantine comes into rule and then makes Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. And you're like, huh, interesting. <laughs> Constantine just legalizes it. Theodosius makes it the religion. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Sorry. Yes. Important distinction. Yes. Constantine is just hedging his bets on his deathbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Constantine. Well, but yeah, what I was going to say to you is Constantine, he, yeah, he makes it legal, but he does it. It's very politically astute of him because Christians are becoming a growing, uh, a growing minority and eventually will become a majority, but they're becoming a huge part of the political landscape of the Roman Empire. And Constantine wants to be in charge. So he's like, hey, I'll make you legit if you support me. And they're like, okay, cool. And that's pretty much in a nutshell what happens. And then on his deathbed, and then Constantine never converted to Christianity until he was on his deathbed. And he was like, eh, like, Convenient. I, guess I'll, I guess I'll get baptized now, you know, just in case. Mm. Oh, um, sorry. This is not related to anything we've really been talking about. It just popped in my head for a potential episode in the future. Uh Hypatia of Alexandria, the the famous Hypatia. Hypatia, that's it. <laughs> we should do an episode about that because didn't she just get like uh, totally obliterated by Christians for no reason, yep. as far as I know? Cool for being and for having an, having an educated woman. Yeah, yeah. For having an education while also having a vagina, it's uh, against the rules. <laughs> I'm assuming she had a vagina. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> she could be anything. We don't know. Um, it's it's it's, a, it's okay with the rules as long as you end up martyred at the end of it oh okay cool cool i love this these rules <laughs> anyway yes we should we should do an episode about that and how I, I assume that's also related to like the library of alexandria getting torched yes yeah so that'd be cool well maybe we can look into it later yeah yeah okay well i'm gonna get about chapter 17 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> So he carried me away in the spirit, which I'm going to figure out what, where is my footnote for that. It means that there were two footprints in the sand, but I'm pretty sure now it's just, or two sets of footprints, but now it's just the one. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, it says, or in the spirit capitalized. Okay, that's not what I thought that was going to mean. Okay, anyways. So he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. And just one Wait. second. It's an unequal distribution of horns to head. <laughs> hey, are those supposed to be the seven hills of Rome? Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Claire got a clue! Yes, indeed. Wow. Okay, I'm going to put this into the chat. Yes, it's all a metaphor for the seven hills of Rome. And I want you to look at the far left image panel. That's a kick-ass dress. Oh my God, it's so gorgeous. It's made of like, it's like definitely 14th, like 14th century uh, silk uh, fabrics, probably. Mm. It looks like it's definitely a cloth of gold. I mean, I was worried about the... uh... Ebola vomiting looks like coming out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just looking very casual about it. Oh, wait, or is she, she's holding a cup. So is she doing like some sort of spit take? Like, wait, what did you call me? 
Yeah, so like I said, I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. And when it comes to uh, the scarlet beast, even though this beast is not scarlet in this panel painting, the scarlet beast is also meant to be the Roman Empire. Okay. (laughs) Um, And the blasphemous names are um, the titles given to Roman emperors and okay no i don't know what the i don't know what the horns are i mean i probably has something to do with like the um hierarchy of like you know how there's like there's different governors and stuff for each little yeah it's probably something it's probably some sort of like administrative division yes jen you had a oh no i'm just uh uh I mean, there's just a lot to unpack here in this image of of it. It's a dis- disturbing looking creature, and I don't like it. It's somehow less charming than like a hydra. <laughs> it is so fucking cool. And if you um, ever see it in person, I've seen it twice in person, and it is like so cool. Also, and actually, I may have my own photo of it. Could we make this- a sticker of it, or would the Italian government come after us? I think the Italian government come after us and stab us and murder us. So no, I just I'm the curious. Italians are really the on the heads. I can't really Italians tell. Italians are really strict. Um, ah, okay. Tell me I about individual been... licensing in Rome when you're dealing with their maps and stuff. Oh my God, the paperwork and you have to give like your social security number, your passport number and like all this other intensely personal information, even though you're buying it for, you know, not for yourself. It's for like a, a larger business entity or something. And also they won't yeah, respond to your emails. <laughs> Maybe we could make a cartoon drawing based on it. Mm. That is a possibility. We could, pro- yeah, we could, because line drawings are fair game. It'd make a pretty cute cartoon animal. It would. I kind of just want a, a one that looks like she's doing a spit take and saying, what the fuck did you call me? <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. We could do a cartoon of it, and it could have a speech bubble coming out of the seven-headed beast, and it could be like, I'm a metaphor. <laughs> I like it. All right. Awesome. Awesome. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet. Claire, what does that mean? What does it mean? She's royal. Oh. Mm. And in this representation that will be linked to, she is clothed in a cloth of gold, which was reserved for royalty in the 14th century and for the clergy. And it's very exciting. And adorned with gold and pearls and jewels. Holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her fornication. And on her forehead was written a name, a mystery. Quote, Babylon the great mother of whores and of earth's abominations. It really gives it away. The subtlety here is uh, very nuanced, very complex. Indeed. And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the witnesses to Jesus. I mean, aren't you supposed to have the blood of Jesus in certain uh, portions of the... Uh... <laughs> like, isn't that, like, a good thing in some ways? <laughs> like, taking the Christ and, I don't know, transubstantiation, that whole that whole business? 
So this actually isn't the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the blood of his saints and the witnesses to his um, rise. Oh, so it's just like B grade blood, not really like the that S tier. It's uh, blood. Yeah, it's it's not it's not it's not God tier blood. It's like second rate blood. Just just FYI. All right. When I saw her, I was greatly amazed. But the angel said to me, "Why are you so amazed? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was." And is not, and is about to ascend from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will be amazed when they see the beast, because it was and is not and is to come. Dun 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 dun. This calls for a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Also, there are seven kings, of whom five have fallen. One is living, the other has not yet come, and when he comes, he must remain only a little while. Oh, it's pretty specific, actually. Yeah. yeah. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are united in yielding their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is lord of lords and king of kings. And those with him are called and chosen and faithful. End quote. So wait, is this a good thing or a bad thing? (laughs) Because it sounds like, you know, war generally bad, but also it sounds like it's getting a stamp of approval from uh, the the celestial side of things. So I I don't, I'm not sure what to make of this. Okay. So for context, um, the beast is likely is meant to represent the Roman Emperor Nero who was expected to return to life and power. So he Wait, was so they had bad. QAnon conspiracies on the ancient world? Yeah, this sounds yes. very QAnon-ish. Yes! Yes! Huh. AKA, nothing is new. So, what is old will become new again. Um. Anyways, uh, yes, indeed. Now, also the term Book of Life, um... Is like that your name is like kind of like written in a book, like of who it's like Santa. Oh, the naughty or nice list. Who's going to okay. be saved? Who's going to be damned? I know what list we're on. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I have an idea. I've been told a few times. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of the lines is this calls for a mind that has wisdom. And it's an ex- this is an expression that is trying to introduce like the symbolism of the preceding verses. So pretty much what Claire got, the seven mountains are the seven hills of Rome and the seven kings are Roman emperors. And they're kind of, that's kind of open up to speculation, which seven emperors are the seven kings. And then the 10 horns, kind of what we were, uh, what Claire and I were speculating earlier, is supposed to be like client kings or like governors or different um, subordinates to the Roman Empire who are still 
rulers, but they're not like the big top, top dog. We've got multiple levels of the hierarchy going on here. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And also the whole thing is is that Jesus is like totally going to win. Spoiler. And (laughs) (laughs) is it even really a contest? (laughs) I mean, there is some battling that goes on. Mm. indeed so i will finish out chapter 17 and he said to me quote the waters that you saw where the whore is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages and the tin horns that you saw they and the beast will hate the whore they will make her desolate and naked they will devour her flesh and burn up her burn her up with fire for God has put into their hearts to carry out his purpose by agreeing to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. The woman you saw is the great city that rules over the kings of the earth. It came wrong. Because yeah. it's okay. the most important empire like in the planet. Yeah. The so they're they're gonna they're gonna wreck this city. Yeah. Jesus is gonna come back and fuck up Rome. Mm-hmm. That is what this means. Okay. Which I would be pretty mad about now if he uh, came and disrupted one a movie for Claire, mm-hmm. and two, uh, and two messed up Rome because Rome is like such a nice city and I love it, I love it, love it, love it. I I like to go to the hipster part of town and like go to the vintage clothing store. <laughs> and anyways, I will fight Jesus if he fucks up Rome. Anyways, that's just my personal take on. I pay to see that fight. are you such a dick (laughs) i mean he sounds like it judging from like the the jesus christ the bad boy or whatever earlier in life stories like he just seems like uh even non-canonically people imagine him to be kind of a dick so um i think it's it's if you say it enough it becomes canon (laughs) okay chapter 18 right after this i saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority and from the and the earth was made bright with his splendor he called out with a mighty voice fallen fallen is babylon the great it has become a dwelling place of demons a haunt of every foul spirit a haunt of every foul bird but not foul like like a bird foul it's not like double it's not like a double it's not like a double bird it's like actually like it's not a foul bird but a foul foul bird bird. (laughs) a haunt of every foul and hateful beast for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her here's a note other ancient authorities lacked the words a haunt of every foul beast and attached the words and hateful to the previous line so as to read a haunt of every foul and hateful bird okay (laughs) I just thought it's really funny. I just like like making like all these very (laughs) angry birds, dinosaur. I mean, honestly, like what does he? I wonder if John of Patmos ever met an emu because emus are like terrifying. Yeah, they had a whole war about it in Australia. That's not a joke. It actually happened. (laughs) It's emu war. (laughs) Isn't the emu on their Olympic uniforms along with a kangaroo? Maybe it's just a kangaroo. Why would you? I mean, I have to say, if you have to pick like, like a fighting animal, emus are terrifying. Mm. <laughs> they fucking kill, they'll kill you. They do have dinosaur feet. Yeah, 
very terrifying. They're dinosaurs, so there's that. Uh, and the kings of the earth have committed fornic- fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxury. Sound familiar? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, so that you do not take part in her sins, and so that you do not share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her as she herself has rendered, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double draught for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, so give her a like measure of torment and grief. Hmm. Since in her heart she says, I rule as queen, I am no widow, and I will never see grief. Therefore her plagues will come in a single day, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who judges her. Okay, As I'm so out, too long didn't read, uh, this bitch gonna get wrecked. Also, <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is, is, like, all these, like, cities and all this whole, like, metaphor and stuff, it's very, uh, I should also just note the fact that it's all of this violence being discussed against a feminine figure. Oh, no, that, that was not lost on me. They could have picked any metaphor for uh, the city of Rome. They were creative enough to come up with this uh, multi-headed beast or whatever, but no, they had to stick a lady on top. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, I did not miss that. And the kings of the earth who committed fornication, I wonder how many, that should be a drinking game, how many times they said the word fornication in oh, this I don't very think you short... Do that that would not be up. good for our livers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like playing a drinking game where how many ways does Leviticus tell you to wash your ass? <laughs> hey, uh, sanitation's important. No, no, no. I, I give a stamp of approval on most of those ass-washing rules. <laughs> and the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand afar off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, the great city, Babylon, the mighty city. For in one hour, your judgment has come. Why did they take an hour? Like, couldn't they do it, like, quicker? You would think. Or, you know, they, they really hate this, this woman city so much. You think that they would take their time and just really prolong the suffering and everything. Just really draw it out. Also, like, okay, I get that, like, Rome wasn't a big fan of like Christians during this time, but like this wasn't the only place that hated Christians, right? Like, I don't know, just it seems especially a special kind of vitriol for 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 the Christians or for the for the Rome for the city of Rome. Uh, that I don't know it just seems like I think we've got some metaphorical action of like the city standing in for the larger whole going on. Okay, it's more about the whole like power structure and empire as a whole okay and the fact that you had to you know pay rome taxes or they would come and fuck up your shit i mean that stands pretty true for <laughs> most of everywhere right the christians weren't exactly getting like a like a particularly raw deal out of that were they because well, like everyone had also, to pay. also i want to say like the the well also the thing is too is like yeah there were the roman the 
the empire was against Christians. But when you think about it as being described to someone, oh, yes, we worship this guy who died, who you as the Roman Empire executed, and we eat his body and drink his blood. They're like, I'm sorry, you're cannibals? Mm-hmm. And this guy was a criminal? So you're worshiping a criminal? You're cannibals who's worshiping a criminal. It's it's a rough explanation. Uh, it's a hard sell uh, <laughs> compared to if you're worshiping like a, one of those fun hedonistic gods, which are like, bring me more wine. <laughs> Let's party. Yeah, like Bacchus. <laughs> it's easier to advertise for Bacchus. Yeah, yeah. You catch more more flies with honey than you do with cannibalized human flesh. Well, they would like so like part of like pagan traditions they would go to like the cemeteries like once a year and they would have like lovely meals and they would have like nice little gatherings remember the people that they used to have and uh yeah god why would anyone give that one up (laughs) i guess they were probably forced to what about your party poopers anyway continue with the you know end of rome babylon everywhere that christians don't like (laughs) it's so much fun it's so fun (laughs) and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her since no one buys their cargo anymore damn kids today not buying their cargo anymore (laughs) back in my day (laughs) okay boomer yes (laughs) cargo of gold Silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple, silk, and scarlet, all kinds of scented wood, all articles of ivory, all articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, choice flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, slaves, and human lives. I agree with like all of that until we got to the slave part. Because Christians, one thing Christians did have going for them is that they were against slavery. Later, they're only against slavery when it's convenient. Yeah, yeah. I'm recognizing a certain time period in the history of North America in particular that uh, really springs to mind. (laughs) I'm not even talking about that. Oh, we're going even further back. in the medieval period in general. It was it was convenient to ignore the fact that some of the people that they were enslaving were in fact Christians, and they would there's go a, to. Uh huh. I was just gonna say that there's been a long history of selectively reading Christian yeah. doctrine. Yeah, I've and noticed weighing that. it against one's personal, often mm-hmm. economic interests. Yeah. 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 I mean, every time someone judges to justify some weird action with, like, the Bible said so, I'm like, what about all the other weird shit I've learned so far that the Bible has said? <laughs> Even with just the brief amount, just, it's just like, there's a lot of other stuff I don't think you're doing that the Bible says you should be doing. Yep. Like your daughter-in-law, hey <laughs> <laughs> I'll never let that go. <laughs> oh just wait Jen we'll get to well, we're gonna get to the song of song soon oh yay <laughs> I'm going for violence today not sex 
so sorry <laughs> yeah, okay, about that. Okay, sorry. Sorry. I keep trying to make it too sexy. Let's get back to the violence. I mean, you can make it sexy. It's fine. But uh, it's not that much. It's not that sexy here. It's just. No, there's a lot of uh, fuck this bitch going on. But not the fun yeah. kind of fucking. The, the wrecking kind of. But honestly, like all these things, like I like all these things. Except for the whole slave part. Like, can I get a chariot? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even say goats. And I really, I don't, I'm not a fan of goats. So I could probably live with cattle, sheep, and horses, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, I am I like, very allergic to horses. I did like the epic catalog of goods. I feel like they mentioned wood a lot. Um, they covered the scented wood. Oh, we're not and, done. Oh, oh, I didn't realize we were, we were mid-catalog. All right, let's continue. <laughs> the fruit for which you're so longed has gone from you. And all your dainties and your splendor are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of these wares who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning out loud. Alas, alas, the great city, clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in one hour, all this wealth has been laid to waste. All the shipmakers, all the ships, all the shipmasters, all the shipmasters and seafarers, sailors and all whose trade is on the sea stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning what city was like the great city and they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned crying out i don't know where they got the dust from it brought the ocean yeah they're trying to be ash is like pompeii Mm, this was just a weird thing to do indeed Alas, alas, the great city where all who had shipped at sea grew rich by grew rich by her wealth. For in one hour she has been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, With such violence, Babylon, the great city will be thrown down and will be found no more. And the sound of harpists and minstrels and a flutist and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And an artisan of any trade will be found in you no more. And the sound of the millstone will be heard in you no more. And the light of the lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more. For your merchants were the magnets, magnates of the earth and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in you was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slaughtered on earth. Okay. Every single person who's ever died, uh, their blood is in Rome. They'll never be in you and never more. Never more. Got it. Uh, thanks, uh, angel number two. Which, which number of angel are we on? Is it one or, or is it two or three? Or I'm not sure. I think we're on three. I'm not okay. quite sure. Thanks, There's angel so number many, three. Like, then, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Why, why don't these people get names? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, they're not people, so. <laughs> they're not man people. They're not people, <laughs> indeed. If they had names, let's be real, it probably would be John. <laughs> probably. <Because> John's, John's, <laughs> John's not a very angelic name, but. um. Uh, we've got uh, John, Timothy, Ryan, Brian. Why don't you just be Trevor? <laughs> That's the angel that words the backwards baseball cap. <laughs> I mean, Moroni's the Mormon angel, right? 
yeah. yeah, as far as I know, yeah. We're we're not getting to that yet, but no, no. We'll have to talk about angel names in that episode. Well, we do have other angel names like Gabriel, Raphael. Oh, Raphael's an angel? Oh, that's right. He's an archangel. Where does he show up? I thought he was just like the Renaissance painter dude and a ninja turtle. More importantly, I think it's more important role. <laughs> no, there's uh, well, the archangel Raphael. Anyways, the hierarchy of angels didn't transfer over to uh, the Protestants. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'll have to explain. I'll have to explain angels at some point and the hierarchy of the angels. I'm actually going to Google right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm already f- partially familiar with this hierarchy because I know that Alan Rickman is the voice of God Angel. <laughs> That's a dog. So, um, <laughs> Raphael is an archangel first mentioned in the Book of Tobit and in one Enoch. Yep, that's not a Protestant thing. He became identified as one of the three heavenly visitors entertained by Abraham at the Oak of Mamre. I do know about that story. Um, I'm just gonna look. How many archangels are there? Archangels list. Um, seven. There's Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, and Gabriel's the one who tells Mary she's getting knocked up. Michael fights Satan. Uh, Uriel, Uriel, Sariel, uh, Ragiel, Ragu, Ragiel, and Remiel, Remiel, Remiel. The spitballing. You sound like Tolkien elf Devil. names. <laughs> Where do you think Tolkien got? Probably did. (laughs) (coughs) It's all connected. Mm -hmm. Anyways, okay, chapter 19. After this, I heard what seemed to be be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power to our God. For his judgments are true and just. He has judged the great whore who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more, they said, hallelujah. The smoke goes up from her forever and ever. So it's always burning. Anyways. Um, and the 24 elders and the four living creatures fall down and worship God who is seated on the throne saying, amen. Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice saying, praise our God, all you his servants and all who fear him small and great then i heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thunder peals crying out hallelujah for the lord our god the almighty reigns let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready to her it has been granted to be clothed with fine linen bright and pure for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. So why can the saints get away with wearing fine linen? But if uh, this city slash whore woman, uh, where is it? It's suddenly a bad thing. Because they're pure. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they, they can wear those things and be fine. Also, I want to point out how hard it is, how hard it would be to um, keep whites white yeah man especially in a time when like you're drinking wine for transubstantiation stuff and all that jazz like the staining and you know that there's going to be some spills just you have to wash that that thing right away not have a way to keep their whites white yeah i guess they just didn't do anything because uh and that would keep their clothing white if you actually didn't actually get up and do anything you use your convenient cargo of slaves apparently to do the things for you ah bleach 
was invented in 1798. Me thinks we're still way uh, ahead of that <laughs> before yep. that time. Yeah. 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 So no way to keep your whites white. Mm, just make everything brown and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, actually, there was a whole bunch of different dyes. Um, some took two fat different uh, different threads differently. Uh-huh. And uh, Claire, look at her tiny arms. <laughs> oh, here we oh go. Oh, my tiny gosh. Arms. <laughs> All right. But my lap is hurting from having her in the chair with me. So she's got she got to go. She's so cute. She's a little dwarf. She's just so small. All right. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your comrades who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of the prophecy. Um, what is the the marriage supper of the lamb? What's that a metaphor for? I do that. It doesn't want to food. Sounds good. Isn't that like the the last the the transubstantiation stuff? Marriage supper of the lamb, Tanya. Right, Claire. Jen's asking about the marriage supper of the lamb. Yes. So pretty much they're destroying they're destroying room. They're praising the Lord. The bride is the new Jerusalem. So it's a new city. The hot new girl in town. Indeed. It's the hot new hot new girl in town. And this whole um yes. Yeah. So it's the marriage of the bride to the lamb. So in in a way it is pretty much like the lamb of God. It's like a metaphor to Jesus in a way. That gets really confusing. But Mar- pretty much it's it's saying that there's going to be a new city a new heavenly city known as the new jerusalem and then when the new jerusalem is created you have this heavenly city this new jerusalem that means like that's like where people that's where everyone's gonna live when well all the good people are gonna live in the new jerusalem when christ comes down and there's last judgment and then all this apocalypse stuff is going on um that's in your city and so pretty much it's this whole like marriage of the lamb the lamb is god slash jesus and the bride herself is the city it's like very it's very much very metaphorical Mm -hmm. it's just a very confusing metaphor Also, this whole like uh, Rome versus Jerusalem thing, fighting over who's the best, is just coming off as New York pizza slice versus Chicago deep dish to me. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, your city sucks. My city's better than your city. <laughs> but you okay. could also compare it to the skyscraper um, craze of the early twentieth century, like late nineteenth, mm. early twentieth century, where they were like, "I'm build a bigger building than you," and they're mm-hmm. like, "No, I'm gonna build the tallest building. I'm gonna have the world's tallest building." Anyways, yeah. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your comrades who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. So 
yeah so pretty much this whole um so pretty much what it's saying is that there's going to be this union between the lamb jesus slash god and this new jerusalem this idealized heavenly space where all the saved are going to go and this whole idea of like heaven on earth is going to be within this new jerusalem Hmm. okay and that everyone who's saved is all going to be invited to this marriage feast so it's a big party Mm -hmm. of the saved after the apocalypse okay it's kind of like the marriage itself is a metaphor for just like the giant party that's going to happen that makes sense yep it's interesting that this person's conception of the entirety of the world just consists of like the city of rome and its affiliates because like you know, there are other places. I'm pretty sure at this time they knew that there are other places vaguely. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of like, you destroyed Rome, but you could, like, go other places. I don't know. Yeah. It's a metaphor. Yeah, I know it's a metaphor, but it's just, there's some, there's some flaws in the metaphor. Um, but, you know, he, he was he was isolated alone on an island talking to angels. And so he probably didn't have someone to be like, hey, what about this thing? You know, to really you know, proofread his uh He was his probably prophecies. like, I mean, some of it, some of it was is pretty repetitive. Um, yeah. And also he uh, probably needed, you know, some social interaction. I feel like he just really wanted to go to a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he was very hungry for nicer food than what he was getting he really just needed another human being to talk to or at least made himself like some sort of you know wilson out of like whatever the the biblical equivalent of a of a volleyball or whatever is um <laughs> and i don't know uh just someone to like read through later after he his crazy rantings and be like okay buddy <laughs> Oh well, we are we are we're gonna get a little crazier. Oh, okay. I'm. This is what a ride. <laughs> yep. Literally, because then I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse. Okay. Gotta hate horses. <laughs> that's not relevant to anything. That's just my own personal <laughs> distaste for horses. I'm really but... allergic to them. So, and also, um, as you may know from my uh, childhood trauma, uh. I have been bitten by a horse and have a bump on my hip of scar tissue from my core childhood horse trauma. So so I'm assuming the sky or whatever place heaven is supposed to be located, whatever that is, opens up and uh, we got a horse. Yes. Its rider is called Faithful and True and in righteousness he judges and makes war. So pretty much this is uh, Jesus is uh, coming, spoiler, this is uh, Jesus, and he's coming to mm-hmm. fight with his heavenly armies and fight the bad people. I'm glad you explained that to me, because the the, the symbolism and metaphor here is extremely subtle. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes are like a flame of fire, and his, yeah. his head, and on his head are many diadems. Isn't diadem like a tiara? Yes. I'm thinking of Harry Potter because that's like the only time I've ever heard the term <laughs> diadem. <laughs> so I'm just imagining this flaming eyed Jesus with a bunch of Ruino Ravenclaw tiaras on his head. <laughs> yep. We're pretty sure they're not Horcruxes. <laughs> but yeah. How sure are we? What a wild image. 
with Jesus, the cowboy princess. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> the white horse, Jesus, the cowboy. <laughs> and he has a name inscribed that no one knows but himself. I think we know who is, what his name is. <laughs> I think they've made that pretty clear. <laughs> he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. All right, that's a bit of a turn. <laughs> yes, and his name is called the Word of God. Okay. Is this an addition to the name that no one else knows? I think so. As oh. revealer of God, Jesus is called the Word of God. So this is the same guy, right? Yeah, so okay. So it's Jesus in a bathrobe wearing several tiaras with flaming eyes. Think of it as a toga. I don't know. I like to think of it as a bathrobe, and he's wearing bunny slippers if they're not going to specify the shoes. (laughs) And his his bathrobe is a little wet because he had a bloodbath, um, and will continue (laughs) probably to have a bloodbath. Um, oh my god. And the armies of heaven, wearing fine linen, white and pure, without bleach, were following him on white on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which he strikes down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name inscribed. King of kings and lord of lords. Sir, where did the sword come from? His mouth. Okay, I wasn't sure if I heard you correctly. (laughs) From his mouth comes a sharp sword. Ouch. With which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. (laughs) Have we gotten to the thigh tattoo yet? Yeah, yeah. I just said that. I I just said that. Yeah, he, uh, on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So Jesus approves of tattoos. Sorry, I'm drawing this version of Jesus that you've just described right now. So I'm playing a little bit of catch up. So, so okay, yeah. So he's on a white horse. I cannot Jesus, draw horses, though. That's what problem. Multiple tiaras. Just write the word horse on a blob, like a blob. And multiple tiaras. Eyes flaming. A sword coming out of his mouth. Um. Oh, blood-dipped robe. Um, right, right, right. Can't forget blood- the blood-dipped robe. Oh, on his robe and thigh is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords um, inscription. So. Do we have a description of his hair color or his hairstyle? No, we don't. Oh, okay. I'm also going to say that this was never on a coloring sheet in Sunday school, much okay. to my disappointment. I mean, I can't imagine why. But... This kid is your lord and savior. <laughs> Get a tattoo, kids. Hold on, hold on. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we're doing him in a slightly uh-huh. more uh, cartoonish, you know, style. We're not going for for realism here. Well, then you'd have to draw Middle Eastern. Yeah, I, I don't have my colored pencils and stuff, so you know, we're just gonna have to make deal with uh, my my ballpoint pen. Is he doing anything with his arm? Do you think? Well, the sword's in his mouth, so I don't. Yeah, know that's what I'm wondering. Well, okay, let's 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 uh, I'll, I'll keep reading, and you can uh, keep drawing. All right. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with all a right. loud voice, he called to all the birds that fly in mid heaven, "Come, gather for the great supper of God, 
to eat the flesh of the kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of the mighty, the flesh of horses and their riders, flesh of all, but free and slave, both small and great. Violence. Such violence. Dinosaurs. Um, yes, and this would be the final battle. This was be the final battle between Jesus and the beast. <laughs> then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against the rider on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet who had performed in his presence the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were killed by the sword of the rider on the horse, the sword that came from his mouth, and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. Okay. Um, Why are we taking it down on on the animals? (laughs) Because they were bad. Because they were so... You know... You know who you're associated with is uh, reflects on you, so guilty by association. Would you like to to see my my illustration of uh, yes. our Lord and Savior? Oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! That's amazing. <laughs> just waving his arms in the air, like you just don't care. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the image art for the uh, for this episode. There we go. This is your God. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, here's a footnote for you. Um, sulfur was well known in the ancient world as a noxious substance. It was used to render land infertile, and burning sulfur symbolized God's judgment. Well, someone really didn't yeah. like the rotten egg smell. Put a lore behind it. All right. <laughs> also, um, just in case you didn't get the metaphor of the sword coming out of his mouth, uh, the sword of the rider, the sword that came from his mouth, suggests that the victory is won not by violence, but by the word of God. I don't believe him. Though the, uh... <laughs> did, did the Catholics in Sunday school ever do what they called sword drills? No. What the fuck is that? What, 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 what? <laughs> it's where, um, since like the, the, the sword and like this is from like the armor of god passage but also like referenced in this was like the the armor of god is in one of the epistles they go through like all the things or like the bible is supposed to be the sword or whatever okay i would like to i would like to say at least in my catholic my catholic education experience we did not hype on revelations we did not hype on the violence at least this violence there's some there's something in like one of the like Pauline epistles about like the put on the full armor of God. Hang on, I'm Googling. It's in Ephesians. Um like the letter to Ephesians. Yes. So I and it's like say I just wanna I just would like to say that Paul is a huge dick. Like I well, would fucking punch him in the face. But but it talks about how like you have um so this is Ephesians six verse 14 it says stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist with a breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith from which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god so your bible is your sword so for sword drills they would tell you a random bible verse 
and you had to be the first one to be able to open your Bible and find it. Okay, I have to also say in Catholic school and uh, mass and all of that, we did not carry Bibles around. <laughs> yeah, what can I, I say? Um, I mean, it sounds like it's fun playing dress up. So, you know, maybe that was like fun for you <laughs> kids in church. <laughs> no, but like you're not actually dressing up. It's just like literally they'll tell you a random Bible verse and it's supposed to like uh, test your knowledge of memorizing the books of the Bible and being able to flip to a certain spot. I got you dressed up. I got you dressed up multiple times. I got you to participate in liturgical performances. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to do that. So, so Catholicism yeah. maybe having a bit more of a flair for the dramatic um, than than um, certain flavors of Protestantism. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Except for the Pentecostals. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz hands. Jazz hands. <laughs> okay, well, actually, let me just say, my grandfather used to say, like, some really uh, derogatory things against Baptists, and I don't care because most Baptists I've met are assholes. Um, anyways, my my uh, my grandfather would all, would be like, oh, so uh, next time you see a Baptist, you should ask them why their their elbows and knees are bruised. And I was like, what are you what are you talking about? He said. Because they just fall on the floor and roll around for no fucking <laughs> like for no reason. I think you told this in an earlier episode, but you said it in a way that Claire and I thought it was a sexual thing. Is <laughs> ask them why their knees are so dirty. <laughs> yeah, I was like falling down, hitting the ground. Run! <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, as growing up as a religious minority in Southeast Texas, being Catholic, um, yeah, it was a, yeah, had some, lots of jokes, had some uh, derogatory comments. Anyways, um, all right, we're heading to the final chapter of relations that we will cover today. All right. Very important lesson on um, the end of times and apocalypse stuff, destruction. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding his, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. He sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and locked and sealed it over him so that he would deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended and after that, he must be let out for a little while. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like, it's this dramatic, we're going to defeat a dragon and take it down, but we're going to let it out for some air for just a brief time. <laughs> I'm glad they have a pasture-raised dragon situation going on. <laughs> it's, it's safe. Um, so, uh, even even though, like, God made Satan, and like uh, God's supposed to be all powerful. Even God can't control Satan. For he has to let him out to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just basic human rights. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, reading this whole section. Um, okay, you guys might be slightly, ever so slightly, too young for this. But do you ever do you remember seeing the Marine recruitment commercials in the nineties, where like there's like a knight that's like fighting a dragon? Jen, it's all Jen, dramatic. We were not 
and we're not too young. Okay, okay. Um, also, my uncle was in the Marines. Oh yeah, so probably in probably the nineties. Yeah, but but like that whole passage that you just read gave me very much like oh I could see why the Marines would use this kind of imagery because it really gets hype. <laughs> like, it sounds really cool until you got to the end where you said you had to let them out for a while. I think the Marines are more of like the final blow kind of uh, night. <laughs> I just want to say, in any any understanding I had of the apocalypse and Revelation, and I have to say, I have worked with some parts of Revelation in my own research, but not this part much earlier. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember hearing anything about after a thousand years they got to let Satan out. Claire, <laughs> sorry. Um, <clears throat> I was. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. Yeah, we didn't talk much about dragons. I mean. Yeah. So, okay. But like, did you know that they have to let Satan out after a thousand years were over? Is there a contract for that? Okay. Okay. I'm going to read this part again, Claire, now that you're with us. It's uh, hilarious. (laughs) You can put me in remedial (laughs) detention. Um. (laughs) We will, we will, we will whip you with switches. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> throw you in a pit but don't worry you'll get out <laughs> we, won't, we won't keep you in there for a thousand years okay. <clears throat> then i saw an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain he sees the dragon that ancient serpent who is the devil and satan and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit and locked and sealed it over him so that he would deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be let out for a little while. Yeah, see, depending on what flavor of Protestant you are, um, like there's various people who like think this is literally going to happen in the future. So there was some discussion of it. I've always tried to avoid these conversations, but um, hence like the anxiety you were scared. Left, left behind. Yes. Um, so... I mean, I just always wanted to know why was this not covered in Genesis? Like, when does the dragon show up? Like, clearly it was not in the prequel. Um, or like, not the prequel, but like, you know? Well, I have to say, like, there's the whole thing where, like, Michael fights the dragon and, like, throws him down into the pit of hell. Does no one know about that? When does that, but like, when does that, I don't think we really read, like, it's Catholic. Yeah, like it's in the general knowledge, but like there's never any like actual text supporting it. It's just like the like the general fan fiction, not like not quite fan fiction knowledge, but like you know, there's this whole thing like Lucifer that we don't talk about, but like we're all expected to know. That's that's the thing is that's the thing is is that we'll talk about it at another point. And there's a great book for people to read. It's called The Devil: A Biography, and it's fabulous. It is. And it also talks about like all the different um he uh but anyways, like there's this whole like uh there's this whole stuff because they don't actually mention they really don't mention like the devil in the way that we think of him as mm. being the devil until much later. Yeah, um, this just always felt like one of the sort of plot holes of the story of well it's kind of um it's kind of like you're gonna get plot holes whenever you have like multiple people writing different sections of the story and then they like try to make them all become part of one it's like all of us trying to write um you know 
it's like we it's like as if we were given uh <laughs> told to write a fantasy novel and we're just told like bare bones information and then had to um write different parts of the book and then put them together and then expect them to make them mm-hmm. I will say this section has given me an, a great idea know. that we can sell to uh DreamWorks it's the gritty reboot for how to train your dragon <laughs> <laughs> million dollar idea <laughs> live action uh trademark copyright uh TM, 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 TM. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we can uh, trademark that, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the devil uh, in um uh oh not not eminent domain yeah Creative Commons. I think the devil's in Creative Commons. Uh, slash, I think the devil. Uh, but like, what happens when like think... copyrights expired because it's too old? Public domain, not yeah. eminent. Public domain. Public. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I the devil's been in the public domain for thousands. It's just I was just thinking that the how to train your dragon parts probably still under pretty strict copyright. Yeah, that probably is. <laughs> yeah. We can we can license the name. <laughs> um okay, so after what after you know the caveat that the devil's gonna be let down mm-hmm. after a while. For a little while. Mm-hmm. And I saw thrones, and those seated on them were given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. In fact, that's in friends. This is the first resurrection. I'm confused. Hmm. Yeah, so those beheaded for their testimony were the martyrs. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Checks out. This whole reign with Christ for a thousand years gives rise to this idea of um, Christian millennialism. Guess what? It doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> ha, take that, millennials. Christian millennials. <laughs> well, I'm actually thinking about like the original millennialism. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's that. <laughs> we're in millennialism 2.0 yeah yeah we're in the reboot also i'm curious about that uh this the first resurrection with the implication that there are going to be more resurrection yes okay of, of jesus <laughs> or is it we're resurrecting other people or is it just jesus over and over again like fast and the furious no other people oh okay okay like everyone eventually Okay. Do people want to be resurrected? Because I thought, like, being, you know, dead and in heaven was kind of the end goal. Well, because heaven, because you get the new Jerusalem on earth, new Jerusalem is the new heaven on earth. So you have the earth, the heaven is going to be on earth, which that seems kind of boring, but, you know. But in heaven, would you, like, not have to, like, work and stuff and, like... They've already said that, like, the people on the throne in Jerusalem get to make all the rules and everything. It just seems like it's kind of a downgrade. <laughs> this, this heaven on earth just seems like a downgrade from your the, the existing accommodations that I imagine I, I, to be in heaven. Like, like, like you know, these people who are, like, on thrones and stuff are a white men. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Over the, over the blessed and holy are those who share the first resurrection. So the extra special ones are resurrected first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, are these the, the original is always better than the sequels. Yeah. 
<laughs> Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him in thousand years. Also to be a priest of the man. Hmm. Patriarchy. Yeah. yeah. This all sounds like a step down to me still. I need more convincing. Yeah. I hope they sell me on this more. <laughs> <laughs> I will see. When the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison. All right. He gets out. Satan, too fast, too furious. And will come out to deceive the nations at the four corners corners of the earth. Oh, yes. These nations that you very much um, Mm -hmm. own. See the nations at the four corners of the earth. Gog and Magog. (laughs) They tried real hard on those names, didn't they? (laughs) Also, Earth doesn't have corners. It's a sphere. Chick mate. Bible. (laughs) Uh, Gog and Magog. That sounds like something that would be from a children's TV show. Like two twin anthropomorphic weird blobs of some kind that, I don't know, follow the protagonist child around. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Gog and Magog gathering with the nations for war against Israel. Um, I guess it's it's referencing back to Ezekiel, but yeah, Gog and Magog. <laughs> I In know order to the... gather them for battle. <laughs> it's just my image of things in the Bible are all these really cool kind of epic names and like even some of the typical like now or boring ones like John or whatever and then you you hit me with Gog and Magog and I just what book is this? <laughs> it's a Muppet. Muppet names. <laughs> they do something Muppet names. Or like something would have been in the labyrinth. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. And we'll come out to the sea of the nations at the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. <laughs> In order to gather them for battle, (laughs) they are as numerous as the sands of the sea. They marched up over the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from heaven and consumed them. So here it's your incentive to not. And the devil who had deceived them was, and the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where, where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, now we get the final Oh, wait, one. now, oh, now I'm, start, I'm starting to, I'm starting to remember, yes, so this, Satan comes back, and then there's, like, the final battle, and then he's, like, finally defeated. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, I'm starting to remember, I'm having memories that I've suppressed. Then I saw a great white throne and the one who sat on it. The earth and the heaven fled from his presence, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. We like reading. <laughs> also, another book was opened, the Book of Life. And the dead were judged according to their works, as recorded in the books. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Mm, naughty or nice. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, didn't the Egyptians do something like that? No, I think they were waiting against a feather. Oh, oh no, they had a book too. They had the book oh, okay. of the, yeah, the, the book Egyptians of the just had everything. They just stole it from, <laughs> they stole it from the Egyptians. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. So when this means, they mean Hades as in like hell, not like the Greek god. Okay. Uh, 
and all were judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Or maybe it is the Hades, Hades. Hold right. <laughs> on. So I guess it is, there's supposed to be like personifications of, but Hades is hell. And also Hades is a Greek god. Anyways, um, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. Cool. So if someone uh, went and erased your name from the book of life, you're fucked. Okay. <clears throat> and that is the end of chapter 20. All right. Still not convinced that this uh, this uh, heaven on earth place is really um, an upgrade for, for those of the people who are already died. And in fact, if I was brought back to life, not that I would be, <laughs> but hypothetically, if I, I was, you know, given life again and forced to live on this uh, this uh, city, I don't know. It just seems like it still is getting plagued by, you know, Satan at least one more time. And I don't know. I'm not sold. They're doing a terrible job selling the real estate with me on this one. So you don't want to experience Gog and Magog. I mean, I would love to meet them, but I don't think they'd be willing to, like, shake my hand and entertain my questions of, like, so how did you come up with this name? Uh, <laughs> and they'd probably be very mad at me referring to them as Muppets, so um, I don't think that uh, that's a good meeting um, for us. Wow. Uh, there was a lot going on there. Um, I teared up a little oh, bit nice. laughing at Gog and Magog, not gonna lie. Um, my, my, the corners of my eyes are, are a little a little damp from uh just my my ex expectations are you are you being are subverted you, uh, are you a gog uh, at gog and magog <laughs> yeah i think we need a personality test to determine if you're a gog or if you're a, a magog <laughs> um i think we should draw little caricature muppet faces for gog and magog and that mm -hmm. could be a bumper sticker too yeah. Um. And then, but the, also the image that it gave of Jesus Christ on a on the 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 white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth was also unforgettable. Um. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit it. Started off kind of slow for me with the the whole convoluted Rome Babylon city metaphor thing. It was kind of going off slow for me. I'm sure you guys you had more appreciation for it as uh, that's kind of near your field of expertise, but uh. No, no, I think once we hit flaming eye Jesus, I was like, all right. <laughs> hey, we had to do, we had to build, we had to, you had to understand what, what they were trying to do. No, 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 You have to get to the Fellowship of the Rings in order to get to the Two Towers and the Return of the King. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, <laughs> it's all Tolkien. It's Tolkien all the way down. Um... <laughs> I mean, who do you think? What do you think influenced Tolkien? I mean, I know the Bible had a good role, there, although I thought that was more of C.S. Lewis's jam, and I thought Tolkien kind of teased C.S. Uh, Lewis for his his ham-fisted Jesus. C.S. Lewis, yeah, C.S. Lewis was like really into it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, it's the I haven't, I never read the 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 anti-Christian one. I don't remember what the Golden Compass. I never read that one. Oh. Yeah, I watched the movie and it completely bored me to tears, so I never continued and never went after reading the book. I don't know what to say. I mean, I have to admit, I thought somehow Revelations would be even spicier. Um, and it was pretty spicy with like the, the 
forever eternal pools of fire and everything. Also, when you change to that, um, my the background on my screen turned into an illustration of like the like the the surface of a sun <laughs> from like the NASA website. Uh, so it's very lots of swirls, very appropriate uh, for the moment. But yeah, I thought there would be more uh, more more action, like not just being told what was going to happen, but you know, show not tell in some ways. Like, I mean, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are a different chapter. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the four horsemen. Mm, the Maya Little Ponies of nightmares. <laughs> I'm writing that down. That's already the title of that episode. Oh. Uh, you're recycling my own jokes already (laughs) yeah uh yeah we will cover the four horsemen of the apocalypse but uh and it also has a my little pony reference but uh yeah that will be later um this was mainly to talk about the city of rome as the whore babylon Mm -hmm. um also if you ever hear that reference you're like oh okay now i know where that's from it has also been used to, uh, you know, describe certain women. Because they're cities. <laughs> no man is an island, but every woman is a city. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, do either of you two, since this is towards your, your field of expertise, have any addendums you would like to add about uh, these chapters that we covered so far? Something I should get that maybe wasn't fully articulated earlier in the episode. I don't know. It shows up a lot in medieval art. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a lot of angst about the apocalypse. Okay. Like Claire. Yeah. I could see In that. The <laughs> what would you do if Jesus Christ came back and he <laughs> rode into your movie theater on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth and flames coming out of his eyes? I don't know. It just was really terrifying as an idea. Especially because there was especially because I also had this idea that like, you know, the judgment part that like Everyone was going to watch All My Sins on a Jumbotron, and that was also really terrifying. Um, I mean, I, yeah, like, uh, let's, that would be really, that would be really terrifying to think about having your, um, every stupid mistake you ever made in your life blown up on a Jumbotron and having to, like, rewatch that. I, that and it's not just you right rewatching; there. it's that everyone else would also see it yeah I, know. I are so many things i haven't told people that i don't want them to know that i think that were done yeah i think it'd be kind of funny even like showing like like let's look at your life story jen and all the dumb fucking shit that you have done in your life and i'll be like well this is probably the end anyway right eventually like i suppose at the end of this i'm getting thrown in a big pool of hell anyway so why would just air it all out I'll have some laughs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but then you haven't done anything like bad. I mean, I never killed anyone or anything like that, so we'll have to, you know, worry about. I, don't... I haven't killed anyone either, but I feel like <laughs> yeah. I've done some bad shit. Mm. I don't know. I feel as a, you know, a um, as someone in my thirties now, mm-hmm. uh, I am a fully formed adult yes i do have a foot in well i probably always have because i was a sickly child mm-hmm. but uh there's definitely a period of my life that i would like to forget mm. or at least we all have a cringe Claire. and i know a lot about claire's i, know. I mean i don't think i haven't done anything cringy that people uh 
<laughs> but I think I'm so far removed from it at this point that it'd be more funny than anything else. I mean, I'm sure me as a teenager was really awkward. Oh, I was a hellion. I was very uh, uh, not happy living in uh, Idaho. And so uh, it kind of reflected in uh, my general attitude uh, <laughs> towards everyone. I was really, I was angsty and snappy. Um, I was angsty too. And really, really horny all the time. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I was a sexual deviant. Maybe I, I am the horrible one. I really <laughs> and on do that all note. the fornication. <laughs> yes, and on that note, uh, until we our hope next you'll tune lesson. in next Sunday for more for Sunday school lesson. lessons. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs>